You're listening to the podcast of Christ Walk Church in Fernandina Beach, Florida, where we exist to inspire people to follow Jesus every day. We hope that these messages encourage and challenge you to live for something more. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can find us online at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening. Now here's today's message. Well, good morning, Christ Walk. How's everybody doing today? It is so, so good to be back in the house with all of you. Um, my family and I, we were traveling last week for um, Thanksgiving, and we went up to Tennessee and then on to Kentucky. Um, got to see some family that I haven't seen on my dad's side um, in, in several years. And then also while we were up in Kentucky, got to take in my very first um, Kentucky Wildcats basketball game at Rupp Arena, um, which is a big deal for me. Um, so I've seen the Cats play a bunch of places, but never saw them play in a Rupp Arena before. And then we also um, got to go to uh, the Kentucky Wildcats football game and watch them beat their in-state rival, the Louisville Cardinals. And so that's always good. And uh, we also got to go to the Ark Encounter and see the Ark. And if you haven't been... That's a bucket list kind of thing as far as I'm concerned. So uh, mark that down, make the trek. It is worth it. Absolutely incredible. Just to stand and see, y'all, that's a big old boat. That was my main takeaway from it. Just to stand there and you're thinking, how did they do this? But it was a great trip. And, um, you know, but despite all of the things that we got to experience, man, we missed being here with you all. Um, it's just not, Sundays aren't the same when we're not with our Christ Walk family. And so uh, we're excited to be back. I'm excited about today. Before we jump in um, to the message, just want to provide a little recap. The Lord's been doing just some incredible things in and through our church. You may remember a few weeks ago, um, right before Thanksgiving, we distributed over 65 Thanksgiving baskets um, to families in our community who otherwise would not have had um, Thanksgiving. And so, yeah. Uh, yesterday, um, here, yesterday morning, there was a flurry of activity. This place um, was like a winter wonderland for our breakfast with Santa event. Uh, we had so many people from the community come out, just tons of kids and families um, all over our campus, all throughout our church building, and getting their picture made with Santa, and playing games, and doing crafts, and um, eating pancakes, and sausage breakfast, and everything. It was something we were able to offer free to the community. We had so many of you that were able to come out and help set up, and tear down, or serve, and be a part of that event, and just, um, you know, fulfill the, uh, the value that we have, that people are our mission. And it was a rare occurrence that we didn't have to go to them. They came to us. And um, those of you that served, you loved and led so well. Um, definitely a proud pastor moment. As I walked around um, yesterday morning and, and just looked and observed and saw all the faces, every single person, those serving, those attending, every single person had something in common. They were all smiling. And it was a wonderful thing to see. And then coming up this next Saturday, we've got a serve day at Southside Elementary School, one of our Kingdom Builders partners. We're going to be able to do um, some uh, landscaping there and uh, campus beautification and things. And, and the Lord here in this season is just providing us um, with so many different opportunities through um, our Kingdom Builders 
uh, program. And through that program, in case you're unfamiliar, um, Kingdom Builders is, uh, is, is f- uh, fueled financially through gifts over and above our regular tithes and offerings. And it goes to help do things like plant churches, to expose children around the globe to the life-changing message of the gospel. It allows us to do things like teacher appreciation at Southside Elementary School and uh, Uly Primary School. It helped us to purchase the turkeys that went in those Thanksgiving baskets um, that we gave away. Uh, The Chosen Season 3 just launched in theaters here a couple weeks ago, and, and we helped to fund part of that to make that possible, to get the message of Jesus out in front of people. Um, we're helping to launch an after-school book club in U- at Uly Primary School in, in 2023. And just so many things that, that I could talk to you about what Kingdom Builders does. And all of that is because of you. It's because of your generosity. And when you give to Kingdom Builders, you help to put feet on ministries and outreach opportunities like this. You're the ones that help to make it all possible. And so we couldn't do that stuff without you. And so I wanted to let you know that if, if Kingdom Builders is something that you would like to be a part of or continue to be a part of for those of you that have um, been supporting it, uh, on Sunday, December 18th, we're gonna take up an end of year Kingdom Builders offering that is gonna serve as the seed money, whatever we, we collect will serve as the seed money that's going to help us launch Kingdom Builders again into the new year. And then many of you give every month to Kingdom Builders throughout the year uh, to help keep it going and, and funding. I know that Sarah and I do the same every single payday. Uh, we provide something for Kingdom Builders because we wanna sow into the ministry that God is doing in and through this church outside these four walls, both in our backyard and around the world. And so I'm not asking you for money this morning, but here's what I will ask you to do. I will ask you to ask God how he would like you to participate. And then whatever he tells you to do, do that. And so on December 18th, as we approach the end of the year, I want to invite you along with me and my family. Let's, let's bring our best gift to support Kingdom Builders so that we can continue to provide ministry and outreach to our community and to the world in the next year to come. Amen? Amen. If you got your Bible, you got a smart device, I want to invite you to turn with me or swipe with me to the New Testament, the very first book in the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew. We're going to be in chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. Today we're kicking off a series called A Weary World Rejoices that's going to carry us through the remainder of the Advent season. Of course, it takes its inspiration from a line in the song, O Holy Night. And over the course of this series, we're going to examine both how and why we can choose to rejoice even in the midst of the weariness that is often brought on by the season of Christmas. And so we'll get started this morning by um, lighting our Advent candles. This is the second uh, Sunday of Advent. And so we started last week by lighting the prophet's candle, which represents hope. And then today we will light the Bethlehem candle, which points us to the peace 
that was found in Bethlehem, specifically when Mary and Joseph made the journey to Bethlehem so that they could be registered and counted among the census. There was no room for them in the inn. You know the story. They, they found their way to, um, to, to a stable, and the Prince of Peace came into the world under the shroud of darkness in the sleepy little backwater town of Bethlehem. And they wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. That is the message of Christmas, that the Prince of Peace has come to us. And oftentimes, you know, uh, around, around the holidays, it's a, a greeting that we, that we use or, uh, you know, typically, but even, even more so around the holidays, especially when we run into people or we're around people that we, we haven't really been around all that often. We're around family and friends that maybe we don't get to see all that much at everything. We'll often ask them, you know, how are you doing? Right? Like that's a common, a common a greeting or a question that we would ask people. And, and usually, you know, our off the cuff response to a question like that is, well, I'm staying busy. Right? That's what we do. How are you doing? I'm, I'm staying busy. And, and I've got a confession here this morning. We're on the fourth day of December. There's 20 shopping days left until the big day. Some of y'all just had a minor stroke. If you're like me and you've done none of your Christmas shopping yet. We're on the fourth day of December, 20 shopping days left until the big day, and I already feel like I'm running on fumes. See, we, we tend to, in our culture and society today, we tend to wear busy like a badge of honor. And, and we've convinced ourselves or, or maybe, maybe we've allowed other people to convince us that it's just the way that things are supposed to be. And, and like there's regular busy, like that one Tuesday in October, like there's that kind of busy. And then there's Christmas season busy, right? Like the regular busy from the Tuesday in October, it doesn't go away when we get to December. But then when we get to December, we add in all of the other things of the Christmas season on top of it. And when we were traveling for Thanksgiving, we were actually supposed to come back um, last Sunday, but we were delayed um, coming home several days because uh, my whole family came down with the flu. And I was sicker than I've ever been. I was so sick that I went to the doctor, which should tell you um, how sick I was. I thought I was going to die, um, and, uh, but we, we had the flu. And, and if I'm being very honest, when, you know, you, you start to get sick, you like feel it coming on, right? And you can tell and you're like, oh no, because you know what's coming. And my first thought was, I don't have time to be sick. <laughs> like my first thought was not, you know, like maybe, maybe God's trying to tell me something um, or, you know, or, or this, is, this is helping to, you know, to strengthen me in some way or, or whatever. My first thought was my calendar. Like when I, when I felt the, the, the congestion start to build up in my chest and I coughed a couple times, I, I started rolling through the days and weeks that are ahead and thinking of all the things on my calendar. And I thought, ain't nobody got time for that. I can't be sick. I've got too much to do. After all, I am so busy, right? 
We've got all the parties and the greeting cards and, and the pictures and the family get-togethers and the church events and the goodies and, and the treats and the shopping and the wrapping and the giving and the opening and the, all of those things. You and I know, like, this is not any secret that I'm letting out. Like, the Christmas season, it's just busy. No doubt it is for all of us in, in our own unique ways. And, and don't hear what I'm not saying. All of that stuff, it's great stuff. You should do all of those things. It's awesome. It's what helps to make Christmas what it is. But, but what I've come to discover is that if you and I, if we continually choose to burn the candle at both ends, eventually we're going to wind up in the dark. See, if we're not careful, what will happen is we can allow the, the Christmas season and all the busyness to overwhelm and overshadow the meaning of what Christmas is all about. And so this morning for the next few minutes, I just want to talk to you about this, this simple idea that I believe the Lord is speaking. Um, he, he's speaking it in my life right now. And so perhaps you'll be able to, to reap some benefit off of what the Lord is, is whispering to me. And it's simply this. We can't let the busyness of Christmas become the business of Christmas. We can't let the busyness of Christmas become the business of Christmas. And so let's take a look together in Matthew 13. We're going to start in verse 1. Matthew 13, verse 1. Says later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, and so he got into the boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock, and the seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, deep, deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, and still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Verse 9 says, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Now, in our day, we will uh, prepare the soil and plant seeds using large machinery, especially in, the, in these big outfits, like on big farms. Like there's not someone out there, you know, going one, two. No, like we, we have these modern planting methods. But in, in ancient times, specifically in, in this area of the world, um, the, the planting would have been done by hand. And, and it would have been done primarily through scattering seeds. The, the farmer would go out and he was probably wearing, um, you know, like a, a, a pouch or a bag that would be slung over his shoulder that was, was full of seeds. At best, he would scrape the, the, the top of the earth with a crude plow or something, and then he would walk his property, and as he did, he would reach in, get a scoop of seeds in his hand, and then fling them about, scattering them across his fields. And probably about this time right now, you're thinking, this doesn't sound very much like a Christmas message at all. 
Like, Pastor Blake, what are you talking about and where are you going with this? And, and I, I, I'll, I'll track with you and say, you're right. Like, this is not typically, you know, I'm not talking about Jesus being born in the manger and, and the Christmas uh, season and everything. But I believe that there's something, there's a principle in this passage that is directly related to uh, the things that you and I are experiencing in the midst of the busyness of the Christmas season. And the message of Christmas, you know, we know, is that Jesus, the Prince of Peace, has come. We've just lit this candle. We've talked about that. We know that to be true. And that message, it's been scattered all over our lives. We have an opportunity over the coming days and weeks as we walk through December leading up to the 25th that we're going to come and have an encounter with that message in a myriad of different ways. But will we listen and receive it? That's the question. Here's, here's how John records um, the coming of Jesus in his gospel. In the book of John, chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 5 and then 14, this will be a familiar passage to a lot of you. It says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God and he existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness and we have seen his glory, the glory of the father's one and only son. Now, when that's talking about the word, we refer to the scriptures as the word. And so I need to remind you this morning that this book, this is not just leather bound parchment and ink. This, is, this book is alive. This is when you, when you have an encounter with this book, you have an encounter with the Prince of Peace. You have an encounter with the Son of God. This is not just something that you just lay on the shelf. This, this book, it, it, we don't just read this book, it reads us. This is the living, this is Jesus that we can touch and feel. It's right here for us. And everything that this book says is, it, it reflects everything that he is. And so that's what that seed is in the parable. It's the word that is being scattered, the word that has gone forth, the word, the message of Christmas that the Prince of Peace has come. That, that even from the beginning, the word was with God and the word was God and that the word came, became flesh and made his home here among us. And that began in Bethlehem when the Prince of Peace showed up and was wrapped in swaddling clothes and was laid in the manger. And now it's what we do with this passage that's going to make the difference in our lives, not just at Christmas, but in every single season that we will experience from here on out. But it's during the Christmas season specifically that the reality of this message stands up and takes front and center. But yet, despite all of that, there are still voices. And in many cases, it's just noise that will attempt to drown out that message in our lives. But the word of the Lord is clear. Jesus said it himself. Anyone with ears to hear should listen to the word of the Lord and understand. 
And so for the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about four voices of the Christmas season. Four voices of the Christmas season. So maybe if you're taking notes, you want to write this down. And as we jump into that, I, I wonder, have, have any of you, I, I liken it to, to this. Has anybody ever been in like a crowded room where everyone was talking at the same time? And you're able to hear everything that's going on. You can hear the noise of everyone speaking, but it's impossible to isolate any one specific conversation or line of communication because everyone is communicating at the same time. It's, it's much the same way with all of these voices that are speaking in the middle of this season, which leads to the busyness and the overwhelm that we often feel. And so all of these voices, these four voices that we're going to highlight that, that I believe are, are, are unveiled to us through this parable of the farmer who's scattering his seed, they're, they're all speaking at the same time, which is what brings about the confusion in the midst of the season. And the first one of these voices is the voice of wickedness. It's the voice of wickedness. And, and Jesus, uh, further down in Matthew 13, beginning in, in verse 18, he begins to explain the parable that he's told. He pulls his disciples to the side and he begins to explain to them what it is all about. And so picking up in verse 18, it says, now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. He says, the seed, remember, this is the word, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. So you need to make no mistake about it this morning. The devil hates Christmas, hates it. Because at every turn, it reminds him of his demise and his destiny. That's why he hates it. He despises it. He wants nothing to do with that little bitty baby with his golden fleece diapers, little balled up fist, eight pounds, six ounces, don't even know a word yet. He wants nothing to do with that baby Jesus because he knows that that baby is not gonna stay in that manger. He's gonna grow up and become a man and that man is gonna walk to Golgotha and he's gonna be crucified on Calvary and they're gonna put him in a grave and then three days later, he's gonna, the stone's gonna roll away and he's gonna walk out as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. The devil wants nothing to do with that guy. And so he wants to convince people that the true message of Christmas, that it's, it's for somebody else. It's not for you. It's for somebody else. And I believe that it's during this season that, that he is never louder than at any other time of the year. He's, a, he's the loudest when it comes to that in terms of his deception, his covering over the true message of Christmas the true message of the gospel. He, he's, he's no more louder than he is at, at this time of the year. And, and, and so what that results in is a lot of people, there's a lot of people that believe. There's a lot of people that, that, that know there's a God. There's a lot of people that, that hear the story of the true Christmas story. They hear about this baby named Jesus who came and, and in the manger and the whole deal and everything, and they believe but it doesn't lead to any life change. They believe that it's true. They believe that it's real, but, but before they can step out and make any change, the enemy snatches it 
away from them and convinces them that no, that message, that's for somebody else. And they continue to live their lives deceived by the voice of wickedness that's in their ear. And they go about their way living for something less than rather than choosing to live for something more. Voice number one, the voice of wickedness. Number two, the second voice that's speaking in this season is the voice of the world. Continuing on with verses 20 and 21 of Matthew 13. It says, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. And we see this play out in this season, particularly um, in the expectations that others have for us. Those expectations that are unfeasible, they're unreasonable, they're often driven by guilt that the world will, will, will place on us saying that this is how your Christmas is supposed to be. That, that you, need to, you need to be here. If you want Christmas to be what it's supposed to be, you need to be here. You need to go there. You've got to do this or you've got to experience that. And if you don't cram all of those things in, then it's not really Christmas. And they'll call things into question like church, worship, family. You can do that any old time. What happens is those things tend to become afterthoughts and we'll push them to the fringes of our life. And and when we try to prioritize that, well, there'll be some people that will confront us that surely you don't believe that stuff, right? You can do that stuff anytime, but but this thing, this event, this party, this gathering, this this thing, it only happens this one time a year and, and they leverage the FOMO against us, right? The fear of missing out. If you're not there, you're going to miss it. And then what? Then you have to wait a whole nother year. And they say, that's not what Christmas is about over there. This is what it's about over here. And so what ends up happening is that we will gauge our Christmas season by the wrong set of measurements. We're using the wrong measuring stick. And we've convinced ourselves that if we can check off all the boxes and we can do all the things and we can show up to all the parties and we can give all the gifts and send all the cards and everything, then that's Christmas and that we've had Christmas. That's the voice of the world talking to us. So we've got the voice of the wicked, the voice of the world. Number three, we've got the voice of our wealth. First two are outside sources. This third one, this is something that we're speaking to ourselves. Jesus says in Matthew 13, 22, continuing his explanation of the parable, he says, the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. there's, There's two things that a lot of people around this time of year tend to worry about. The first one of those is how are we going to finance it? How are we going to make Christmas happen? How are we going to fund it for our family? And often we turn to debt. We just swipe that plastic, rack up that debt. We'll worry about it in January. And we end up doing what Dave Ramsey says 
We use money that we don't have to buy things we don't need so that we can impress people we don't even like. And that becomes Christmas for some people. And, and the, the flip side of that is, is that Christmas won't be good unless I get the thing that I've got my heart set on, right? We move from, from the worry of how are we gonna finance it to, to the, the, the desire, the, the, the lure of wealth that if I don't get my Red Rider BB gun with my compass in the stock, then it's not gonna be Christmas, right? We see this play out all the time this time of year um, with car commercials. There's one that I've seen over and over and over here over the past couple weeks. And it's, it's this, this supermodel couple and they're out on this snowy hillside. You know, it's like the most beautiful people ever. And the guy looks lovingly into his significant other's eyes and says, I've got something for you. And then he whistles, and coming up over the hill is the cutest little puppy, you know, that runs to her, and she picks him up in her arms and, and cuddles him, and he's licking on her face and everything. And then she breathlessly looks him in the eye and says, I've got something for you too. I don't know why they make it so sultry. And then she whistles, and a GMC truck drives, like busts through the snow. And the guy runs over, literally, the guy runs over and lays his head down on the hood and like hugs this truck. And then it pops up and, you know, the Christmas, the December to remember event or whatever, and tells you all the financial information and everything. You didn't give me a Christmas gift. You gave me an $800 a month car payment. That's what you gave me. I thought you loved me. What are you doing? And... And here's what Jesus says about this stuff. He says, the worries of life and the lure of wealth, because of that, no fruit is produced. He says, these pursuits are fruitless. They're not gonna bring about anything of positivity. There's, there's gonna be nothing there that can, that can last. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Get your family great gifts. Show them love and appreciation. Celebrate the season. We give because Jesus gave to us. But we have to be sure that we're doing it in the proper way within our means. So that we're not putting ourselves even further behind the eight ball and creating even more tension. Because then what's going to happen is when that bill comes around in January, we're going to have to get even busier so that we can generate the kind of income that we need in order to pay off those debts that we didn't need to rack up in the first place. What Jesus is talking about is margin, living within our means and sowing the right kinds of things into our life so that we can produce healthy, productive, and prosperous fruit, not just for today, but for generations to come. We've got the voice of the wicked, the voice of the world, the voice of wealth, and the fourth and final voice that's speaking in the midst of all of this is the voice of the word. The voice of the word Jesus says in Matthew 13, 23, he says, the seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 
60 or even 100 times as much as had been planted. You know, I find it interesting that all there's four different types of seed that's being cast in this story. But there's only one types one type of, of seed that produces fruit of any kind. And it's the one that, that plants the word of God into the healthy soil of our life, the good soil. If we're talking about planting that word who we've established is Jesus in our lives, the question is, is what kind of fruit is going to be produced? Paul tells us in Galatians 5.22, he says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, what comes next? Peace, you got it. That's the connection right there. We started off with peace. The Prince of Peace has come. It's the message of Christmas. It's the hope that we have. It's the remedy to all this busyness and overwhelm that the Prince of Peace has come into the world. And if we'll plant the word of God into our lives, the end result is going to be the product of love and joy and peace. That's the connection. I don't know about anybody else in the room, but I could use some of that 30 or 60 or 100 times peace production in my life, particularly in the midst of this season. Anybody else? Here's the beauty of all this. John 14, 27, Jesus says this, I'm leaving you with a gift. Wouldn't he just know the right words to say? I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. See, you and I, we can't allow the noise surrounding the Christmas season to drown out the message of the Christmas season, which is that the Prince of Peace has come. And he has a gift for us. See, it's not about, not about finding the perfect gift. It's simply about receiving it. The gift that he has for us is, is, our, is, is, is his peace. Colossians 3.15, Paul writes this. He says, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. So what I see is that this is something we choose. Paul says, let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. It's something that, that we have to allow to happen. God's not gonna force it on us. It's something that we have to recognize and that we have to welcome into our life. We have to receive it and take hold of it ourselves. We, we let the peace that comes from Christ rule in our hearts. For something to rule means that it's in charge as authority. It's got first place. So this Christmas season, we can allow the peace of Christ to take hold and to rule, to have the authority in our heart and our life. He says, for as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. This is the voice that we've got to listen to. This is the voice of the word of God, the one that is calling us 
to live in peace. And Jesus says anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Hear the word of the Lord calling you to live in peace this Christmas season. Because we cannot afford to let the busyness of Christmas become the business of Christmas. Because the business of Christmas is that the Prince of Peace has come and he's given us the gift of his peace, both for our minds and our hearts today. The question is, will we receive it? Will we we receive it? Perhaps the first step to receiving that peace this morning is to entering into right relationship with our heavenly father through his son, Jesus Christ, receiving him as Lord and savior, believing on him today. If that's you in the room, maybe you're watching with us online, you'd like to do that here this morning. You'd like to receive the peace of God into your life through relationship with his son, Jesus. I wanna invite you to pray this simple prayer with me. Can we bow our heads? Can we pray this together? Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner and that I'm lost without you. I believe that Jesus died in my place, making a way for us to have a relationship. Today, I choose to follow Jesus in his way for the rest of my life. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Christ Walk Church podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. To find out more information about Christ Walk Church, including our service times, how to connect with us on social media, and the ministry opportunities we have for you and your family, simply visit our website at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget, because of Jesus, the best is yet to come.